freaking out of? This, this is Brock and Saul. Brock Heward and Mark, Matt, Marcus. Sorry about just Mike. Better, Mike. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Where's like the buff dudes at? Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. <laughs> Oh, yeah, give me that big cat growl as we're here for our final hour of this week in the Brock and Salk Show, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com as well, Seattle Sports app. I hope we're going to have some great phone calls today with the Seahawks starting, Chris Jones' conversation that we've been having throughout the week, and then, of course, the Mariners. After losing, what, four out of five, three in a row, looking like things were maybe starting to get away from them a little bit, bouncing back, and not just winning one, but winning two in a row. And I thought yesterday's was, as far as I'm concerned, the game of the year. I loved it. Oh, that was a great game. I know that there's a lot to be said for the back and forth type of games, the big comeback games. And honestly, you hear that a lot. Like it's a really easy and I'm not saying it's incorrect. It's just, I don't necessarily feel that way. When you have a big win where you come back, people tend to think it's the best win of the year. Or when you lose a big lead late, it's the worst loss of the year. And I, I think there's some relevance to that. Like there's a very strong argument to be made that that's true. Certainly when you lose big, it feels so deflating, but generally that's on your relievers. Like it's on one core group of people that just didn't have it that night. Does that mean your team is bad? No, it means it's a gut punch and it stinks. Same with the big comeback, right? It means that you put it all together in that one moment. And honestly, it probably means that the other team's relievers were pretty bad, at least for that day. So I'm not saying that those aren't great wins or bad losses because obviously they are both of those things, but I feel like a good win like yesterday, one nothing, right? With all the tension that goes into a one nothing game was just awesome. And the fact that it was sort of an innocuous like run that they scored in the second inning, put a couple guys on, Mike Ford comes up with a little base hit, a little ground ball that gets through, and then even after that they they blew the rally because Rojas ended up getting uh, getting getting thrown out. So, yeah, it was definitely kind of a weird funky game. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. So I guess I would start by asking you guys, how important do you think it is to have won the second in a row after what they went through last week? Oh, huge. To me, huge. It's a, like you said, when you look at the full context back to July, what their record is, 40-something and Mm -hmm. something, right? Like, you know that you're in a good spot. Your pitching's been holding up. You're finally seeing some of the guys that are your offensive weapons are getting hot. And then you have three of four that don't go your way. And then you go into a four game stand against a team who is also going to be in the playoffs that you're probably going to see and win the first one in a grind out. Like, I don't want to say heavyweight, but that's kind of what it was. It was a boxing match and it was two really good pitchers who were on it. Mm -hmm. You didn't lose focus besides Rojas and we're able to pull that out. That is a massive emotional And and for the second straight game, you brought out some of your big guns, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you brought Brash out again. You brought Munoz out again. Campbell having that seventh inning. And give him a lot of credit. That was really important. But, But this is, you know, it also brings up for all of the excitement around. I think it's a great win. Seriously. Cal Raleigh, what he did, La Piedra doing his thing. I mean, you, said you think it's the best win? I, I do. I think it's the best win of the year. Like, it, I love it because it. Of, was it if it was anybody else besides Luis Castillo? Luis that helps. I do. I do love me some <laughs> so Luis Castillo. Not gonna lie, I I really like that one. Um, I think that uh, it also points out the challenge this team has right now. And Scott's going to have to figure it out. We talked to Jerry about it yesterday. Jerry used the word "pooped" to describe his bullpen. They're pooped. 
John Morosi was on yesterday with Wyman and Bob, said kind of the same thing. Usually being a league leader is a good thing, but when you lead the league in appearances, it's not always the case to, to lead the league in that category because it means you've been used an awful lot and you wonder what your effectiveness is going to be down the stretch. Well, the league leader in Major League Baseball in appearances this year is Matt Brash. Justin Topa also ranks among the top 10 in appearances in Major League Baseball. The, the bill for that eventually comes due. And whether it's now or in the future, there's a reason why you don't see relievers, generally speaking, making 70 appearances in a year, 75 in a year. The Mariners have played a lot of low-scoring games, and Scott Service has had to go to the bullpen a lot. It's almost that catch-22 because the more you go to your pen, the more you use your pen, the more fatigued they're going to be. But on the other side of things, you've got a younger rotation that you're hoping to nurture a bit towards the end of the year when you think about the, the number of innings that uh, the likes of Kirby and Gilbert have thrown and others. Yeah, it's a good point that Morosi makes, right? And and it's a, a little bit of this catch-22 they find themselves in. Young rotation, not as deep a pen as you might want, and then throw in a lot of close games that necessitate using the best guys in the pen over and over again. And so, yeah, I'm not surprised when Jerry said what he said yesterday. Uh, I think they're pooped. <laughs> yeah, he thinks they're pooped. I could keep playing you the rest of that, but I don't think I need to. I think actually the other thing he said was maybe more interesting because I'm looking at it going, all right, how how much do I trust this bullpen right now? Is Munoz a little broken? Topa gives up the home run the other day, right? Where are they at? And I thought Jerry had a, a very reasonable point about it. And we've only had, I think, one you know lengthy start from a starting pitcher, and that was Logan last Friday night in, in New York since that time. So, you know, there were a number of, of short starts, the three to five inning variety, some by design and, and and some, you know, not necessarily by design. And and that's put a lot of stress on that bullpen. So I'm, I'm loath to judge performance when I know we're asking a ton of them. I think that's a really good way of looking at it. He doesn't want to judge the performance of the bullpen because they're being asked to do more than they really should. Fine. I'm willing to accept that. But this is also now, what, 22 games left to go in this season? It's crunch time. It's the final two dozen games of the season. You're about to be in the last 20. I heard Dave Sims say the final road trip of the year, right? I mean, like, that's the time of the season we're at here. You're going to have to find a way to give those guys enough rest to help them get through to the end. Sure. Because because as be, as much as you want to beat the Mets, as much as you want to beat the Rays, as much as you're going to want to beat the other teams you play, you still got to play Houston and Texas down the stretch. And those games are going to count double. So, yeah, Isaiah Campbell having a big day yesterday is really important. Guess who else is going to have to factor in for them? Everybody. Everybody in that pen. Whether it's Dominic Leone, who mysteriously is still here even after his first two outings, whether it is uh, Luke Weaver, who we've seen some ups and downs from, whether it's Trent Thornton, like that group of guys is going to have to be counted on to do more than nothing. And I'll tell you the last guy that I wanted to bring up here because he, to me, is the absolute swing between the high leverage guys and the lower leverage guys, right? It's two, it's two guys that I put in that category. Salcedo? It's Sacedo and it's Campbell. Yeah. Right? I mean, you're high leverage. You know who it is. And you need it. You need them to be them. It's Brash. It's it's Topa. It's Munoz. And I'm going to put Spire on that list. Those four guys are my, are my highest leverage guys. And we all sort of understand the way in which they're being used. The low leverage guys I just mentioned. 
right? It's going to be Luke Weaver right now, Dominic Leone, and I'm probably going to put Trent Thornton in there. Those are my low leverage guys. You got two guys in between. So what Sacedo does and what Campbell does down the stretch is going to be incredibly important, not just because it's going to decide games. What all of those guys do will decide games in some way, but because you need to find a way to give Matt Brash, Munoz, Topa, and Spire a couple of days off. You can't use them three out of every four games. Right. And sometimes three in a row and then give them one day and send them right back out there. So I, I know they've got a few off days here in the last couple of weeks. That's good. They're going to need them. But honestly, if I could if I could pick somebody now, look, if I if I could pick one person to be great the rest of the way, it would be Munoz because just getting him back into form would be that incredible. But sort of after the obvious, gosh, if you could get hardcore leverage performance out of both Sacedo and Campbell, not two household names, not talking Munoz and Brash. I'm talking Sacedo and Campbell for a reason. They allow Munoz and Brash to yeah. be themselves. And you, we talked about this yesterday in the sports pit about how down the stretch, there's always a couple names like this that you did, weren't really watching mm-hmm. and weren't really paying attention to who end up being massive contributors. And if those are the two, I'd sure like to see it when you, the amount of times you've had to use. Uh, yeah. Campbell seems like he's been Munoz settling in. He's been, he's been yeah. pretty good. He's got to be confident and, with that mustache, and, man. And if you're walking around with that stash, you better have some, uh, some big old confidence because <laughs> but to, you're going to need it. To your point about uh, where they're at right now and the road trip and the, the 20 games left, and you heard uh, Service really praise how he liked how Bryce Miller emptied the tank. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, this is the time. Ring it out. Yep. Start going five, six, seven, eight innings if yeah. you can, right? Just start, start, you know, whatever you can do, go one more. And uh, yeah, it's uh, really darn important. Uh, text message 509 says the playoffs will shift a couple starters to the pen. Yes, but not until the playoffs. Like you got to get there first. And that means getting through these next 22 games. So anything you can do, I think would be really, really helpful from those sort of middle leverage kind of guys. All right. Uh, we got open phone lines. You want to talk about this Mariner team. You want to talk about the Seahawks getting ready to go on Sunday. You want to talk about anything going on in the world of sports. I'll open it up. 866-979-3776. 866-979-3776. Your calls right after everything you need to know next. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, I just spent a few minutes set telling you that I thought that was the best win of the year yesterday. Certainly it was one of the most entertaining. I love a good one nothing game like that. And I just those are the types of games that I think are what playoff games look like. And when you can win those, I think you are starting to make yourself playoff ready. Of course, you still have to get there, so the wins have to keep piling up. They got it done yesterday. And the 2-2 on the way, swing, and a missed strike three, and it's over. The Mariners hang on and win it tonight. one nothing over the Tampa Bay Rays. They take the opening game of this four-game series. It is a combined shutout for Luis Castillo, Isaiah Campbell, Matt Brash, and Andres Munoz picks up the save as the Rays leave the tying run on its second base. Yeah, that save was a little in doubt, that's for sure. Munoz once again did not look his best, put a runner on. Thankfully, Cal Raleigh gunned him out at second base trying to steal. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's something we're going to keep watching because unfortunately, he is continuing to be used over and over again and he just doesn't look like himself fortunately games like this help all these are look forwards you know first time three days in a row um, 
you know, the leadoff guy gets on, you make a mistake, hit by a pitch, and you work your way through it. So, again, those are confidence builders. We're going to be a lot more games like this here in September and hopefully in October, and we're going to need them. You know, you're not going to have your A game every day, but you still got to work through it, and he did it. That seems to be a message we're hearing from Scott over and over again. You're not always going to feel your best. And maybe it's a little bit of a cousin to doesn't matter, get better. It doesn't matter. Still got to go out there and win. And they obviously found a way to do it yesterday. Just a note. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. But what Josh Rojas had going on yesterday was utterly forgettable. I mean, one error that was as bad as I've ever seen. A mental error where he forgot the number of outs while he was on first base and it cost them an out. And then uh, another play that I thought was an error that they didn't call one. I mean, just an absolutely brutal day. Hopefully he can just snap and clear that and move on because he's been a pretty valuable piece for them since showing up. Mariners now back to half a game out in the West. Tied in the loss column, uh, but it's going to be an interesting weekend. Texas has Oakland. Yep, that could help them get right. Houston has San Diego. That could help them stay right. And Toronto has Kansas City. So not exactly the uh, beasts of the Major League Baseball situation, uh, that's for sure. Anyway, George Kirby will go tonight against Taj Bradley. Here's the second thing you need to know. What was I even talking about? The beasts of the Major League? What does that even mean? Shut up, Mike. I don't know what I meant. I got caught up in trying. I was going to say beasts of the East. That didn't work. Just shut up, Salk. You don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I didn't like seeing the injury report come out the way it did yesterday. It was better the day before when Kenny McIntosh and Jamal Adams were the only guys who didn't practice. You fast forward a day and all of a sudden... Damian Lewis isn't out there. Jordan Brooks isn't out there. Boy, Maffe's not out there. And a couple other guys were limited, including Ken Walker and uh, Devin Witherspoon and Derek Hall. The biggest news for me on there is actually Damian Lewis, the guard. Just because if he's out, they don't really have a great replacement. That's already kind of a position of weakness for them. Obviously, throwing Ken Walker's name on there is not great either, but... I will say, I, I so am excited to see what Charbonnet looks like that not that I want a, him not to be in there, but I'm just like, all right, well, if he's limited and you have to give Charbonnet a couple of series, that at least sounds like it could be some fun. This season's going to be very, very exciting. Geno Smith, most excited about one thing from training camp. All the explosives. We have made a ton of plays down the field, and uh, we, we got a ton of explosives on tape, and who knows what it'll be like during the season. But we got so many playmakers so many dynamic players who can do a bunch of different things. And so the key for me is to get the ball into their hands, let them make the plays, trust what I'm seeing. But, you know, from what I've seen in training camp, we have a pretty good offense, but we still got to go out there and prove it. And uh, nothing we did in training camp is going to help us. So we got to go out there and prove who we think we are once we get out there on Sunday. They got a lot of playmakers. So you know what that means? Playmakers on three. One, two, three. Playmakers. Here's the third thing you need to know. Uh, give the Lions some credit, man. They have been getting the hype all off season, and they delivered yesterday in a really tough spot to play in in Kansas City, opening night against the world champs, against Patrick Mahomes, and they find a way to win. Kind of a defensive battle. Kansas City without Travis Kelsey and without Chris Jones, but Patrick Mahomes still made some really nice throws. Unfortunately, his wide receivers couldn't catch. Specifically, Kadarius Toney, who dropped three, including a pick six that ended up being the difference that bounced right off his hands and then give some credit to the Bengals they paid Joe Burrow I wasn't sure whatever happened but they have now committed more money to one player than any team in the history of this league 
Congratulations to Justin, to the Bengals, and to Joe Burrow. Yes, thank you. I appreciate the congratulations to me. And to I, that girl. I was also in agreement with the decision yes. to pay the, uh, pay the man, the goat. And also that, that girl who loves Joe oh, Burrow. Oh, yeah, the girl that had her wisdom people. Yeah. yeah. We don't have sound of her in him. our system. I was looking for her. I don't know why I don't see sound from her. I would like to play her at some point. Uh, She's great. Did you hear about the Cincinnati That's everything bar you need to know. that has uh, been offering sad girl shots? Uh, no. I did see that. What's a sad girl? There shot? are some rumors that Joe Burrow's engaged. So uh, until until the rumors are confirmed, a downtown bar in Cincinnati is offering nine cent sad girl shots. Nine cents? Yeah. How many can you make, take? As many as you want, or is no, there a limit on that? How sad are you? <laughs> that's a good question. All right, that's everything you need to know. We do a quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk Show. It is a football Friday brought to you by Snoqualmie Casino Sportsbook. Let me uh, open things up here. This is what we do. And I missed it last week, so I'm kind of excited to talk to you guys. We haven't had any phone calls all week. And there's been so many things that we could do. And I mean, where the Mariners are at, your frustration early in the week versus where it's at today, uh, what it looks like with this bullpen moving forward, Cal Raleigh love, uh, J.P. Crawford love, Julio Rodriguez love, who would be your captain if you were trying to choose a captain of this bunch? All those questions at 866-979-3776. You want to talk football with the Seahawks getting going on Sunday for the first time, things you're worried about, things you're excited about. How do you feel about the idea of trying to trade for Chris Jones? Is that something they need? Are you like G. Scott who says no, don't even bother with that? Whatever direction you want to go, man. Yeah, 866-979-3776. Let me say it slowly. 866-979-3776. Give us a call. You control the show. Talk about whatever you want. Next, Don Brock and Salk. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Come on, didn't that just put you in a good mood? A little fella cootie for Friday morning. Beautiful day. 70 degrees out there today. It's going to be just... Just awesome. I got to figure out where I should go play some golf this afternoon. It's just one of those. I wasn't going to play. And then my wife said the kids are both going to be out until late. I'm like, well, all right, I guess I will play. I wish I hadn't canceled my tea time. So I'll find somewhere. We'll see where I decide to go today. It is Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710CLSports.com. And this is where we open up the phones every Friday at 930-866-979-3776. I got a bunch of Mariner calls here looking at. I got a bunch of Seahawks calls as well. So we'll kind of bounce back and forth. Let's start off with Mark. And Brennan, you get to get us going today, Mark. What's going on? My good to talk to you again. Um, I'm really excited that Kelnick's coming back. With this team being tired and pooped, and all the teams are this time of year, I think Jared coming back is huge. I'm a big fan of his. I know you like him as well. Jerry and Scott, I think, are big fans of him. I think he's going to add a level of energy and just, a boost for them. And I don't want to put a lot of pressure on him, but he puts pressure on himself. And I think he's, he's made a lot of progress. I can see him coming back into the lineup, relaxing and just really providing a boost for this team. I'm not a big vibe, you know, good vibe guy. I'm more of a grinder. And right now we need a grinder. We need a guy that's going to get in there and grind away and just having that personality and aspect to the team right now, I think is going to be huge. 
Well, I appreciate the call, Mark. Yeah, I think you and I see that one pretty similarly. I, too, am pretty excited for for Jared to come back. I think it'll be early next week, probably Tuesday would be my guess. I don't think they're going to fly him to Tampa. I think they're going to give him a few more days to just get his timing right in Tacoma, kind of make sure everything's 100% ready to go, and then not fly him across the country, just let him kind of jump up with the team on, uh, on Tuesday, which is great. You know, I think you're right in that they could use some of that grinding. It it plays very well with the style of September baseball that is going to happen here over the course of the next few weeks. They could use the little extra bit of power as you take on Houston and Texas. That's for sure. You can use his defense, which has been very good this year. You can use his base running. There's a bunch of reasons why Jared Kelnick is a helpful, helpful piece of this puzzle. I don't know whether it's going to be the way it was early this year where you just write his name into the lineup every single day in left field. I think it's going to be a bit of a meritocracy and whoever's hitting is the one who's going to end up playing. And if that's Mike Ford, then Mike Ford gets those days. And if it's Ty France, then Ty France gets in. And if it's Canzone, then it'll be him. And if it's Dylan Moore, then you ride the hot hand. And if Jared can come up and he'll get a shot and he contributes, it'll be Jared as well. That's absolutely the way it should be here down the stretch. I love it. Here's the thing, my ultimate feeling on Jared, and then I'll move it on to another call. Okay. If Jared Kelnick, we said this the other day, but I'll say it again. If Jared Kelnick is somehow the hero in Mm, September or October, it will be one of the great sports stories in this town. It will be awesome. What an unbelievable redemption story if Jared Kelnick can be a hero before this season is done. That would be so cool. One very small thought. Jared Kelnick could also have the same energy of like, you've been on a bachelor party that's been like three or four days and somebody shows up late <laughs> right. and it's like, oh, fresh blood. Like he just <laughs> hypes everybody back up. Just it's as like, long as go. he doesn't do what most people do in that situation, which is try to catch up yeah, too do, quickly. Yeah, of course, no. And then they end up knocking themselves no. out a few hours later. He's coming in humbled and ready. <laughs> 866-979-3776. Yes, open phone lines, whatever is on your mind. Let's go to Austin in Walla Walla. Austin, what's going on? Oh, it's going, Mike. How are you? Great. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, so, I you've been talking about Chris Jones a lot. Ah, we lost you there. Uh, but, oh, there I you. would take him. Yeah. You would oh, take Chris Jones. Oh, okay, sorry. I would take Chris Jones, but I think it's pretty unrealistic that we do get him. So, I would kind of switch gears and try to go for Forrest Buckner. I think he'd be cheaper. I don't know, man. Your your oh, phone's killing me, but I know what you're saying. DeForest, DeForest Buckner, Buckner instead. It's a cheaper thing. Sure, but DeForest Buckner makes you better. He does. Chris Jones makes you Super Bowl team. DeForest man, Buckner a, makes you better. That's a big jump. Chris Jones makes you a Super Bowl team. So maybe you can get there with DeForest Buckner. Maybe he's another piece and he helps you get to where you're trying to get to. But let me be clear. DeForest Buckner makes you better, and I would love for them to try to make a move like that if you're not giving up too much. Chris Jones makes you a Super Bowl team. I want to win a Super Bowl. And if you could get there with Chris Jones, I think you got to be all in in order to make it happen. 866-979-3776. Let me try Aaron in Vancouver. What's going on in Vancouver? Hey, good morning. Happy Blue Friday. Yes. Um, I've got I got two uh, quick quick comments here. Chris Jones, I'll, I'm going to hit him first, and then i got to talk a little bit about G's claim that Betsy doesn't exist. Because <laughs> um, I've, had, I've had enough of that. But anyways, um, so Chris Jones, okay, I, get, I see both sides, Mike. I see, yes, the, the ability to bring, it, bring, bring him in 
and become a Super Bowl contender, I mean, that, that would just be freaking amazing. Uh, but, but my question is, at what cost? I mean, it sounds like what he's saying is his temperament, his personality, his attitude, that's the kind of thing that we don't want in the locker room. That's the thing. I don't know. I mean, that's, is that something that Pete could work with? Well, I mean, he's a I'm guy that sure. he's won two Super Bowls. I mean, somehow the Kansas City Chiefs were able to deal with him. I mean, he's won two Super Bowls. You're not talking about a guy who's been on perennial losers every year. I don't know enough about him personally. So obviously, if there is something seriously wrong and and I were to find out about it, it would sort of alter my thoughts here. But he's won two Super Bowls. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs are not a bad organization, and they were more than able to deal with him for the last few years. I know that I'm not saying that it would. I just don't know enough about him, but that doesn't smell quite right to me that it would be that big of an issue based on what he's done the last couple of years. Okay, I get that. I, well, G, I think is a little too extreme with his opinion. I mean, he, well, what's his? He, what about Betsy? Like what, what is your Betsy opinion here? Okay, so <laughs> now, <laughs> Justin, here's what you got to do. I mean, two things: either have her call in, you know, during this, this time of the day, Friday or Friday morning and, and make a claim. And I mean, she could, that's uh, never going to happen. There's no way she's going to Okay. So that's okay. So that's never going to happen. I get it. My wife, like she would, she wouldn't even know what to say if she called in. She's like sports. What? Okay, I guess. Yeah, I watch uh, Ted Lasso. Let's not That's start calling her his wife either. Let's be very. Listen, let's be clear. Betsy, there's no, Betsy's a okay, very, there's no very wife busy, here. A very yeah. famous model. She's well, got a this, lot going on. Yeah, the second option. Just have her call him. You guys, I don't know, Facetime him no. or something. I mean, he he. Okay, I just I'm tired of him like saying that like she's some you know uh, like aberration or something. Like she actually does exist. Come on, G, give it a rest. So you think, Aaron? Have you ever met her? Uh, what? Well, I, I no, it's not like that's gone. Well, or, or I'd be careful talking about things you don't know anything guy. about. I don't know. Oh, Aaron don't start Coop. talking out of school. I like Aaron the Coop. He calls I bet you do. 866-979-3776. Let me go to Sean and Kent. What's going on, Sean? Good morning. Hey, Mike. How you doing? Great. Good morning. Uh, I just got to say, as someone who... Well, hold on. We lost you there. I think that was my bad. Oh, sorry. Mo- I was, Mora hung I up was trying you. to do something else. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm sorry. Sean. You, you can call sorry, back. Sean. We'll get you to the front of the line. More accidentally hung up on you. All right, let me try Woody and Shoreline. What's up, Woody? Good morning. Happy Friday morning, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I feel like this Kelnick thing, I mean, it's, it, I'm trying to wrap my head around it just because his attitude, you, you see what he's done before. I love bringing him back in a limited role just not to worry what, you know, what we have and put worry on these players of, What's he going to do now? You think that's really going to happen? You think they're that worried about what he's going to do next? I feel like if it's going to come down to a game here for the division, a couple for the wild card, yes, it's that's a true thing, man. You got somebody that's a hothead. Not only is the coach going to worry about it, but you got players in the dugout, players on the field. I got to tell you, I don't think that's how they're wired at all. I I appreciate the call. I don't think that will enter into any single one of their minds. They've played with him for years. Most of them know him very well. And the way he handled it, the way he apologized, the way he talked to his team, the tears that were shed, the way he talked about the city and what he did, the way he's learned from it. I'm not saying it's going to work. I'm not saying there will never be another incident. I don't know how that goes. But I don't believe there is a single 
player on that roster that won't welcome him back with 100% open arms. Even the guys who may be standing to lose some playing time because of it, they will be very happy to get Jared Kelnick back. I think, I think you're right on very happy getting him back because he does add some depth to this team, but I just don't want it to come down to another little attitude deal, you know, because I like him, but man, the momentum we had when he left and I know, you know, he was hurt, whatever, and guys got the opportunity. Yeah, but or, or maybe I, those two things I'm had gonna, nothing to do with each other. You're probably right. But I, I mean, I, like, I, I, just slowly. maybe they did. I'm not telling you they didn't have anything to do with each other, but that's one of those causation correlation things we just don't know. I can't prove to you that Jared Kelnick going down had nothing to do with their hot streak, but I don't think you can prove to me that it did. Yeah, I brought Cade Marlowe up, and he played really well for some of that, but not all of it. Right, they ended up trading for Canzone, which I think they still would have done anyway. So I, don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't, yeah. I don't know that I. So, I don't know that I can find that correlation and say that it definitely was one there was caused a by the lot other. Of this conversation last year about the brawl, like that's a similar thing. Like, well, that one definitely caused it. That's for sure. That's six, six, like, nine, <laughs> I can't prove it, but I know it exactly, to be true. That's my point. If yeah. you can, if you believe it, it's real. All right, let me get. Uh, let me see. Where let's go to Chase in Tacoma. What's going on, Chase? Good morning. Hey, doing? Good morning, guys. What's up? Uh, so I wanted to talk about football, but real quick on Kalnick, man, I'm, I hope he comes back and just goes huge. I still have the picture on my phone. The year before last, he came out in the Angels series with the Believe sign. Like, mm-hmm. he's always been down for the Mariners. He's always been a high-character guy. He's a high-strung athlete. He puts a lot of pressure on himself. But if he can find it, I would love it. I wanted to talk about Detroit Lions, man. Week two, they look scary. Jameer, Jameer Gibbs looks raw, looks NFL ready out the gate. Amon Ra looks like he's picking up right where he left off. Jared Goff looks like he's in his best form. He's never been laying the ball like that with the Rams for sure. Yeah, and, I mean, they, they certainly uh, played eight, well last night. And looks insane as well. I guess what you would just say is, look, this is going to be a good, a tough schedule. Like, I think you're going to say that every week. The, the Seahawks don't get any real easy ones. There's no, there's, there's no gimmies. Yeah, and the Cardinals a couple times. The Cardinals are gimmies, <laughs> but they always seem to find a way to play the Seahawks yep. tough once. Yes, I mean, like well. the NFL generally doesn't have that many gimmies in general, and I think yeah, you're right. Detroit's not going to be a gimme. That whole division is. Neither is the NFC East, right? Neither yeah. is the NFC or the AFC, the AFC North. North. Yeah, all four of those. You're not going to get gimmies. You got to go out and find ways to win, which is why I want to go trade for a guy like Chris Jones because I think he'd help you do that. Uh, Sean is back from Kent. Sean, sorry about that. It was Moore's fault. She's very upset. She feels very uh, bad. Oh, I, I forgave her, but I also have to say that uh, rank is the highlight of my day. Oh, I, I knew I hung up on you for yeah, a reason. There you go. Thanks, buddy. I, I, I just got to get that out there. Well, you are ranked number uh, one in terms of callers today. <laughs> Fantastic. I like being number one. So um, it's awesome watching the Mariners. I was the kid who was taken out of school early by his mom to go to the games back in the early 2000s. And it's that same excitement I'm getting as a kid now that I'm so enthralled in baseball. My buddy and I met up last week and he goes, oh, yeah, NFL starts next week. I was like, no, (laughs) I'm I'm just so Mm -hmm. involved in watching baseball and paying attention to it. I was right about Colton Wong in my last call before we got rid of him. I mean, come on, look at what the team's done since he's been gone. And you said, wait for him to do better. I haven't really heard about him doing anything special with the Dodgers. Well, he hit a home uh, run for them so, to win a game in his first at bat. 
Yeah, he's done that for us once before, and we celebrated him for a couple days. So, okay. you know, we'll, we'll see what he does. But, yeah, the, the Mariners, I'm, I'm excited, but I'm also nervous with these recent losses, with these close games. we got to keep these guys healthy. And Munoz, he, he's had his ups and downs, and hopefully he's on the right track again. He was the reliever of the month in August, but... Yeah. You know, we, we got to have him for sure through the end of the right, year. I appreciate the phone call, Sean. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. Yes, I think it's a much more clear uh, difference in causation of moving on from Colton Wong and starting to go on a bit more of a run. He was holding the team back. I think they did the right thing by waiting. You got to be patient because you were also patient with Tay Oscar and he came out of it. Colton Wong's been a good player. He wasn't a good player this year. Nothing else you can say about it. Same with uh, A.J. Pollock. He'd been a good player. He wasn't a good player this year. In Pollock's case, he's old. Not that surprising. In in Colton Wong's case, I don't think he could have predicted it. A year ago, he was a very, very good player. Maybe he will be again next year. We'll wait and find out. But that's why you're patient, because sometimes it works out like Teo, and sometimes you got to pull the plug and eventually move on. And they did it. And I like what they've got right now at second base. Other than what and we saw yesterday. Quote, Baseball's not linear. This stuff it's, plays out it, it certainly goes in a bunch of weird directions. All right. Great phone calls, everybody. I'm sorry for everyone still hanging on that we don't have time for everybody today. But those are some great phone calls. And I don't want to disappoint Sean. Sean loves ranked. He says it's the best part of his day. So let's get right to it. Oh, I shouldn't have let him. I shouldn't have let him get back in there. Man, I had it right. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwarmfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Saw. Yeah, top ten list. I'm not buying that. Ranked. Uh, Justin, is this because we keep looking at the standings every day or because you've got to stand up every time you're watching a big game like this? That combination of that and also being the first game of the season, you forget that how much time you spend standing at NFL games. And they were talking about it last night, a lot of the broadcasts, everybody on their feet, standing up. Yes. Yep. Stand. Stand's ranked. Stand's ranked. Like a kickstand. Like a kickstand. Like a kickstand type of a thing. All right, well, I've got a lot. i got the police. Right, obviously I have to get that in there. They also have uh, Can't Stand Losing You, right? Yes, Can't Stand Losing You. I've only put one of them in there. That's fine. You only need one police song. we got Van Halen. Standing on top of the world. That's a good one. We played Dirty Water the other day by the Standells. There you go. Yes. Just Congratulations. I grew up loving that song, and you have now made me hate it by putting it in rank oh, twice oh, in one week. Sorry, too Mark. bad. You got stand up com- uh, comedians. Yes. Stand up comedy shows in general. You got American Bandstand, one of the all-time most famous television shows ever, right? Great, great shout on Bandstand, yeah. Uh, Custer's Last Stand. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. You got Miles Standish. Do I know Miles Standish? I think he's like a (laughs) classical music person. Oh. You don't even know who he is? He's on the list? Yeah. Some people might. The cheese stands alone, Maura. The cheese stands alone. Hi-ho the Dario. The cheese stands alone. I'm going to have a meeting with Brock this weekend. Uh, I think we're going to rein this in. There's going to be a limit. Why do you hate things like stand-up to cancer? Is that what you're doing? You're going to argue against cancer? We're just trying to tell people about stand-up for cancer, and here you are arguing about it. It doesn't feel right. Maura, you could do is play an R.E.M. song right now. Don't do that. Don't do that. You know what you should know, though, Maura? There's money in the banana stand. That's right. There's always money in the banana stand. I'll play you a little Rush. That's Time Stand Still. That's a great one. I also have... Now, this is from the album stand, but it's such a good song that I wanted to throw it on there. 
Sly and the Family Stone. Love that. My dad booked Sly and the Family Stone when he was in college. Excuse me. Yeah. How about that? Okay. We need more time for that story. Yeah, it's a whole thing. It sounds like it didn't end well. (laughs) Wow. Sounds like it didn't end very well. Uh, Let's see. I love Days of the New. That was sort of the lead-in to a bunch of other bands of guys who sang like that. <laughs> oh, this is... Wally from So Kwame. Mora hates standard-sized gloves. That is a stretch of a joke, and I will allow it, Wally. Shut up! <laughs> Stand and deliver. Stand and deliver. Of course, you got the movie with uh, Edward James Almost is one of the greats. <laughs> the Stand with Stephen King. Last Man Standing with Tim Allen. Yeah. Stand-up guys. Oh, you know what we didn't get was the sound from Stand Up and Shout from Rockstar. That's too oh, bad. Stand, stand up, up and stand shout. Up. Yeah, uh, Standing Tall, that rock, terrible rock movie. Oh, yes. Don't you know I'm still standing better than I ever did. John, and then uh, that was covered for the Sing movie. The They covered a lot. Yeah, they did that. Ranked has no standard. Now, this one's hard for me. I really wanted to put this one in the top five, but Morris sometimes gets mad at me for putting too many randoms that nobody's ever heard of. So, standing outside a broken phone booth by Primitive Radio Gods doesn't quite make the top five. But I'm going to go home and listen to that That whole song. That sounds like 1996. I really like that song. This one also just outside the top five. Sorry, Godsmack. Didn't quite get there. Do you know they have more top ten hits than Aerosmith? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can tell me that. I don't think that's Sully and the boys. Uh, Ludacris. Stand up. Yep. Stand up. Stand up. That's another great one. Oh, it's walking tall, not standing tall. Did I get that wrong? Whatever. It's a terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> when I move, you move. Just like that. Uh, that's a Missy. Uh, yes. Well, you'll get there. We'll oh, get there. Shoot. Yeah, that's a that's a top five. Don't spoil, a top five. Don't spoil that. You know, let's just get right into the top five, Justin. It seems like let's. it seems like you're ready to get there. More has been mad at us all week Too about this. Sound. So, number five, just for you, Justin. Tammy Wynette. I love that song. I have no idea why. You would. What? Well, I would. Because I mean, it takes his line with my emo. and No, I, I don't know. That, that's, that's a great song. That feels like more of your Montana roots, though. Maybe, but it's a good song. Number four. Oh, Missy, try to maintain. Love it. I can't stand Which I didn't. Well, I've never heard the original from Tina Turner. I don't think I, I have either. either. I saw someone yeah. text that in. I didn't, Makes sense, I, I guess. don't think I knew that. That's good that sample. it was a sample. Huh. Yeah. I don't think I knew that was a sample. You should check it out on your way home, too. It's such a great video. It's such a great song, too. It's so simple, mm-hmm. but Missy's just the best. Beep, beep. Boo, got the keys <laughs> to the G. <laughs> I loved it. She's got a lot of uh, a lot of range, too. She's awesome. Big Missy fan. All right, that's number four. Uh, as we were doing stands ranked, number three. Stand up, stand up. That's right. Bob Marley and the Whalers get up, stand up. Have you seen the uh, previews for the Bob Marley movie? No. It looks really, really good. Like in theaters or like on Amazon or something? No, in theaters. I Um, I think I saw it before Oppenheimer. 
Yeah, okay. Oh, man, it looked really, really good. Hmm. Great story. Looks like it's told really well. I don't remember the details of who's in it or who did it, but it looks really, really good. Got it. Yeah, I think you'd like that, Justin. Okay. It's up your alley. Number three. Uh, we Miss Stand by Poison. That's another good one. Sorry. Can't get them all. I'll Stand By You, The Pretenders. I'll stand By You. What was the... Uh, we also had the um, Stevie Nicks Stevie, song. Stand Back. Stand Back. That's a good song, Stevie yes. Nicks. Yeah. All right, number... That was what? Number three? Oh, three, six, seven. Get Up, Stand Up. The keg Stand. <laughs> wow. Good shout. Number two, very important here in Seattle. They play it after every Mariner win. I know Jimi Hendrix is a rock god, and I'm not going to take anything away from Jimi Hendrix, the guitarist, maybe the greatest of all time, certainly in the conversation. Mitch Mitchell owns that song. The drums (laughs) on on fire are ridiculously great. I know, I mean, he's great in general. They're both great. I know that you kind of just bow to Jimi for every good reason, but, but... The drums take that song. Give credit where credit is due. Yeah, it's just awesome. Number one, it's a tie. Both the movie and the song. I'm sorry Brock's not here today because he would love this. Yes. Is it because he used to dance to it or this is a pop-up in some way? Uh, he likes this song. Okay. And he loves this movie. Benny King singing Stand By Me. And, of course, uh, everybody loves Justin's favorite line from this movie. You guys want to go see a dead body? <laughs> Brock, if Brock were here, he would demand that we do the uh, all the uh, stuff with Pete. He's a loony. He was talking about his dad. So. All right, there you go. That's number one. Stand By Me. That'll do it for Ranked Day. Stands with a fist from Dances with Wolves. Mm. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen Dances with Wolves. Are you, are you, do you hate Kevin Costner? Is that part of it? Kind of, yeah. Ah, when he was younger. Now I'm kind of back on Kevin Costner. Because of Yellowstone? No, I haven't seen that. <laughs> what got you back on Kevin Costner? Uh, Molly's Game. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's good in that. I kind of like him as the dad. It's a pretty small role. More his fingers are the length of a kickstand. That's not nice. How dare you, 206? <laughs> don't do that. That's just not nice. Be nice tomorrow. Yeah, it's a Friday. Hey, guess what we're going to do on Monday? Talk about the Seahawks. How about that? We're talking Seahawks on Monday, and let's see if the Mariners can get it done this weekend as well. Just win two out of three, and you got a 500 road trip, which would be exactly what they needed to do. We'll catch you guys Monday morning, 6 a.m. Have a great weekend, and until then, the hay is in the barn. See you, everybody. Get to the chopper!